We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaito Shaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. Hello and welcome to Storied San Francisco. I'm your host, Jeff Hunt. I haven't been to the circus since I was a kid. Like zoos, I've got some ethical problems with how the animals are treated in both environments. Still, memories of the excitement of going to the big top as a kid are still very much with me. It's something like the reminiscent feeling of stepping into a video game arcade in the 80s. All of these sensations are invoked when I enter Musée Mécanique, San Francisco's Penny Arcade and more, located in Fisherman's Wharf. But Musée Mécanique wasn't always located just off Taylor and Jefferson, in one of San Francisco's busiest tourist neighborhoods. Here's owner Dan Zielinski to trace the history of the place for us, back to New Orleans, and a historical figure you might already be familiar with. And was it Musée Mécanique right out of the bat? Or? No, when it was, I mean, there was a Musée Mécanique long before my dad owned Musée Mécanique. Oh, okay. Here in San Francisco? Uh, it's, yeah, George Whitney owned it at Playland at the Beach. Okay, let's hear that. There was a Musée Mécanique there. Uh, before that, uh, Musée Mécanique originated in New Orleans. Okay. And uh, one day, P.T. Barnum was trucking through town doing his P.T. Barnum stuff. And he bought the Musée Mécanique collection from whoever owned it at the time. Okay. And he took it on the road with him. And eventually he ended up in San Francisco and sold that collection to George Whitney, along with the name. And it just has been here in the city ever since. Okay. So the original Musée Mécanique both was at Playhouse, Playland. Playland at the but, beach. But, and, and also your dad did not own it originally. No. So what's the story of how your family came into that? Uh, my dad bought the collection from Whitney, and uh, Whitney had a location set up in the Cliff House. So this was at, maybe after Playland closed? No, this oh, was in the uh, mid-60s. Okay. So my dad bought the collection that Whitney had at the Cliff House, and my dad added his machines to the collection at the Cliff House as well, and it just kept growing from there. Wow. Do you know why Whitney sold? Like, what was, was he just getting out of it or? Oh, the uh, long story, uh, short story, uh, the landlord, federal government, condemned the property and he was forced to sell eminent domain. They took it, but game over. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, do you know the story of how your dad secured the spot at Cliff House? I mean, he has said, well, how as did far that work? as I know, he just said, hey, George. And they made a deal, and they said, okay. But I the, wasn't there. Oh, right, but do you know the story? Not really. I'm yeah. sure it was fairly simplistic, because they would have lunch every weekend someplace at the beach, right. and I'm sure they discussed whatever business whims they had on their mind at the time. Right. And I guess Musée Mécanique was one of them. My dad just took it over from George and okay. never looked back. So... When, by the time you came along, do you have siblings? 
Yes, I have uh, two sisters. Okay, so by the time your dad's children, you included, came along, Music Mechanique was already a thing? Alive. I moved to San Francisco in the year 2000. I can't be sure how I heard about it, but I do remember my first trip to the Cliff House. I was told there's an old building at the ocean's edge that has a restaurant, a bar, and a penny arcade. And just outside the main building was something called Camera Obscura that was worth checking out. It was all part of the mystique of my new hometown. That version of Musée Mécanique at the Cliff House felt a lot different than what Dan owns and operates today at Pier 45. Here's Dan with more. So, um, so when did the Musée Mécanique open at the Cliff House? What year would that have been? Under, with George? With, no, with oh, your dad. The, uh, hmm. That I don't know for sure. I'd say at least the early 60s. Okay. Uh, but I have no idea. And it was there how long? I know, so I moved here in 2000, and that's where it was when I moved here. Yeah, it moved out of there about 2002. 2002. And what Give or take. Don't quote me on anything. That's all right. All no, right. We're, not, we're not journalists here. Good. Um, uh, but what was the story of, like, why, why did y'all have to move over here? Oh, they kicked us out. They kicked you out. Yeah, the landlord tore the building down. Yes, they did. And uh, they, I don't want to get into that. That's fine. It's really ugly. But that's the opposite of making people happy. Let's just say that. I don't want to say that. I'll say it. You can say it. Okay. But, so, it must have been, like... My job is to make people happy, and I'm, I'm just... I like doing that. Right. Yeah. Were you already running the company by then or the place? No. Well, I was the manager. Okay. And then when my dad passed away, I became everything. Which, which was, when was that? Hmm, 2004? Okay, so. 2002, give or take. And then did y'all find this place? My dad found this place just before he passed away. Okay. Okay. This was the last thing he did was save this Musée Mécanique. Awesome. Or it would have been just gone there's because the we, we, yeah. we i found out that while we were at the cliff house and in that location that my dad was funding it out of his pocket right. every year and right. it came to me and my accountant said you have a problem because you can't afford this right so we made every change that we needed to make to make it start from ground zero to where we are now right so it's been roughly 20 years in this location yeah it has been how has it been and then ha- also, also, how's it been for you to run it, going from manager to like running? I the can place. only understate that it's. I don't think there's any difference except. It's it's just all good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean whether I was just working for my dad, I really enjoyed working for my dad. My dad was a lot of fun. Okay. I mean, he'd come out here several times a week, and we play. We just play. Awesome. We used to have a horse, a mechanical horse, like you see in front of Safeway, and he'd ride oh, yeah. the horse, you know, and <laughs> he'd just. But you know what was really weird? When I knew who was coming out, I would make sure everything works. Right. Just make sure right. it's just perfect. And he came out here, and nothing ever worked. <laughs> I don't know why that was. And then he said, Don't you ever do anything around here? I said, Damn. My gosh. <laughs> Anyway, it, it's uh, what's that guy Darwin or something? That, I mean, something they like chase, that. he chases me down a lot. Yeah, that rotten guy. Yeah. Um, are there any other members of your family who are involved now? Maybe do you have kids? Are they involved or? I have kids. They're not involved. Okay. I have a wife that helps me on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and that's it. Okay. And is it just the one employee with you? Is it, is it? It is today, and he's only here once a month. Okay. I have several employees. Everybody's got like a half-day shift most of the time. Now let's hear from a few more Musée Mécanique visitors about the overall effect of all of Dan and his employees' hard work. What's your name? My name is Brian. Brian. And where are you from, Brian? New Jersey. Oh, where in New Jersey? Um, Sussex County, the northwest part. Okay. Have you been to San Francisco before? Is this your... First time here, right around here. We're, we're riding around uh, California on motorcycles going to every major league ballpark. Oh. Saw, saw the Giants yesterday. Sorry about that. I was going to say, is it your fault? Um, no, but is, is this your first trip to Musée Mécanique then? Yes, yes absolutely. It's very, very interesting. We do a lot of traveling. We work for a motorcycle travel magazine. And places like this, where do you see this? You never see this. It's amazing. Baseball stuff. I got a whole pocket full of quarters now. Awesome. Yeah, well, is there any other... Have you ever been to a place like this anywhere else in the country or the world? I've seen things like like along this line, but not as intricate, not with ancient stuff like this. I mean, this is... And they all seem to work, which is amazing. Like me, old, but still kind of working. Yeah. Are you going to go back to New Jersey or wherever you go and tell all your p- friends about this place? Oh, matter of fact, we're going to put it in Backroads Magazine, which is backroadsusa.com. Cool. Uh, first, what's your name? My name's Michael. Michael, and where are you from, Michael? We're from Rochester, New York. Oh, Rochester. We've had a guest on this show who grew up in Rochester and, and has lived in San Francisco for a while. He's a really great musician. He actually does the music for our show. He's, his name is Joe Begale, but he go, his stage name or whatever is Otis McDonald. You should check him out. Another, another Rochester kid. Cool. Um, so uh, are, are you just on vacation out here in San Francisco? Yeah. yeah, we're just taking a few days here. First time? Yes, for me it is. What do you think of the city overall? Uh, so far, it's been great. And uh, you know, seeing the uh, the sights you see, rode the cable car, went around the bay, in a boat or yeah, in a boat. Oh, and you you lucked out. You got like the best weather of the year. Yeah. So you feel good about that. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. A little. Pro- is it cooler here than it is in Rochester right now? Uh, well, right now with the heat wave, it's hotter here. But back home, it's uh, about uh, this is about normal weather for back home right now. Okay. Um. So, how the heck did you hear about this place or? How, how did you end up here? Uh, we just kind of saw it. We were, you know, doing touristy things, going, coming to Fisherman's Wharf, and saw it pop up when I was looking at places to go, and this just seemed like uh, the kind of place that me and my wife would be interested in. Have you ever been to a place like this anywhere else? Have you ever seen anything like this? Uh, not this extensive. Uh, in Rochester is the Strongman National Museum of Play, and they have a whole history of arcade games there as well. Um, but they don't have... All of their um, displays aren't working the way they are here, so that's really neat. Okay, right, so this is more of like a working arcade. Right, right. Um, have you had a chance to play any? Did I catch you like right when you got in, or yeah, have you had a chance bit, to? A little bit, yeah. So we are just kind of walking around and taking it all in. Awesome. Do you think you're going to play anything? Yeah, probably. The happiness in and around Musée Mécanique was under threat just after the pandemic shut it down in 2020, when a four-alarm fire obliterated the Pier 45 warehouse next door. Somehow, the blaze didn't claim Musée Mécanique, but water and smoke did cause substantial damage. Here's Dan to talk more about that. The fire. Can we talk about the fire? That was scary. 
Wasn't there one just a few oh, years ago? Oh, this recent one? Yeah, and y'all had... Was that scary? Was that just, scary? Yeah, let's hear it from, from My you. son calls me at about 4 in the morning, and he says, Hey, Dad, what's this I hear about Pier 45 burning down? So when you're sound asleep and planning on going to work that day, that doesn't set well. So I turned on the TV, and there's Pier 45. The, the part of Pier 45 was the building behind this. Okay. Identical building to this, but 20 feet away. Okay. So that was more depressing than I could ever even convey to The opposite of happy. Way yeah. opposite. Yeah. But the firemen said the only reason this place didn't burn down is because the wind was blowing north. Or this would have been just totally gone. Nothing. Jeez. Yeah. And Not to mention, they worked like hell to save this place. Correct. They, I mean, there's a lot of firemen that grew up going to the arcade at the Cliff House. And then they're, now they were taking their kids and the grandkids here. They really did not want to see this go. I don't think anybody wanted to see it go. But uh, when, Maybe a little locals, extra inspiration. Yeah, uh, you know, nostalgia is a really powerful drug. Sure. And I learned a long time ago, don't mess with someone's nostalgic memories. Right. It's just cruel. Yeah. So did y'all have to close for a little bit? I remember hearing a little bit in the news, maybe like, you know, just yeah, like the immediate aftermath. Because the, the port had a, a professional hazmat crew come in and because this place had some smoke, smoke in it. Right. And so they literally white gloved this place. Okay. And, uh, but I mean, that's, I don't know what else to tell you. We survived. Hell yeah, you did. Thank you. Thank whoever. Yes. <laughs> thank there whoever you would think. Everybody concerned. Thank you. Not to mention. SFFD for sure. So then we got hit with COVID. Yes. And then we were closed for 18 months, which would have been the end of this show. But my son started a uh, GoFundMe account. Mm-hmm. And in the 18 months we were closed, that generated uh, about 130000 which is what we needed to keep this place afloat with all the insurance which you have to keep going and medical and accounting and just i couldn't believe how many bills don't stop even if you're not open for business they don't stop and that really speaks to the nostalgia probably that you're talking about and just what the what the place means to people they didn't want to see it oh absolutely go no i got so many heartfelt letters from people from all over the world literally uh it was a tearjerker. It yeah. was just a beautiful, unfortunate set of circumstances, but they've got my back. Well, obviously, amazing. y'all made it. When did you reopen? A year this ago. year? A year ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And did it hit the ground? Like, has it been like this? No, it took a while to did make it? it come back. Well, tourism, I think. Because it was still COVID, and it was still a lot of people not going anywhere. Right. But it's percolating. It feels busy today. It is. On a one it's to lively. ten, it's like a four. Yeah. I mean, it gets so busy that I can't roller skate. I have to sidestep and excuse me, excuse me. Oh, you know, right. Excuse me. Right. Excuse right. Me. right. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Oh. Uh, and it was one that Michelle had, and I think it's a good one. What do you think the future is of music mechanique? Maybe the next five to ten years. You know, my future is day to day, considering everything that's happened. 
It's been a lot. Yeah. So I'm just hoping for tomorrow. As with our last episode on McCovey Cove, we invite you to gather some friends or your family and venture down through the tourists to Musée Mécanique. Many machines cost only a quarter, and others are 50 cents. We dare you to spend five minutes in the place and not be left smiling from ear to ear. Join us next week as we kick off a short October series on San Francisco graveyards. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fifth season, we have more than 190 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show. And drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, weird, and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.